Today is Thursday, July 30th. We're at the Swinging 60s Senior Center. And I am Julie Lawrence from the Senior Center. And I'm with, say your name? Daniel Garcia. And I'm John Perry. And we're going to have a conversation with Don about his life growing up in Williamsburg and uh, working here. Uh, tell me about where you grew up. I grew up right outside the door, 211 Angel Street, pretty much. Uh, born and raised, educated, all my religious instruction. Met my future wife here and uh, worked here at the beginning of my experience. Here at the center, John? Here at the center. I started in 1972 or three, something like that. Um, uh, 1973, 74. One of my first jobs, uh, which was uh, what I consider a white-collar job, other than menial factory work, which I did pretty much growing up in this area, which was at that time mostly uh, industry. So like factories and stuff? So like factories and stuff? It was all factories. Um, you could have went anywhere, uh, gotten fired, went next door, and um, got another job. Really? Yeah, most paid minimum wage, most were labor. Uh, I worked one of, one of my best labor jobs was at a place called Robert Hall. It was a clothing store. Um, and they were looking for uh, summer help because that's when they got all their winter clothes in. And the trucks were loaded with winter clothes and it was very heavy work, but it was, they paid better and paid well. And it was one of, my, one of the better jobs before I, I, st I started to work here. Uh, well, who were your parents and what were their occupations? My mother was a housewife. Um, my father was a steel worker. Um, he worked in Long Island City. He used to cut steel. Uh, that was his profession. Yeah. Were, you, were they immigrants? No. No. My, my mother, both my mother and father were born here. My grandparents were born here. Your grandparents were born my here? My grandparents were born here. All, All four, four of them? Yes. Really? Wow. That's, that's unusual, right? For the time, yes. When, 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 when my wife first came over to my house and I introduced her to my mom, my grandmother was at the table reading the newspaper. You mean your wife-to-be? Your wife-to-be. Wife to be. Okay. And my grandmother was reading, reading the newspaper. She put the newspaper down and of course and when we left, my wife says, she's looking at the pictures, yes? I said, <laughs> he told me that. No, she's not looking at the pictures, she's actually reading. She said, your grandmother knows how to read. And I said, yes, my grandmother knows how to read. <laughs> Tell Chris you haven't wanted a slice of pizza. Okay, thank you. Tell Chris I said yes. All right. Did your friends have, did your parents like that too? Were your friends' parents born here too? My wife's parents? No, your friends. Like friends and wife. Oh, friends. I had a lot of friends. You have to modulate, I Daniel. had a lot of friends. That, that's, that's a pretty broad question. I would say it's a mixture of both. I had friends that parents were born in Ireland. I had friends that uh, were born in Puerto Rico. At that time, I had a lot of Puerto Rican friends. There were a lot of Puerto Ricans from this community. Um, 
So uh, I can say it's, it's a little bit of a mixture of both. Tell me about the, the schools you went to. I went local. I was I was um, uh, educated in a local elementary school, already Mount Carmel. This was my mother's choice for me to have a Christian education. And we followed that into another uh, local uh, school, which is called Most Holy Trinity. It's still, the church is still here. Mount Carmel Church is still here. Mount Carmel School, I, I think it's... I don't um, think the school is the same. But the, uh, um, it's in uh, my most, neighborhood. Most Holy Trinity, the church is still there, and the uh, school is closed. Where's Most Holy Trinity? It was on Montrose and Johnson. Oh, so it's way over... On the other side, yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that, that, that's my in high school. And then, I went to, then I went to John Jay. John Jay College? John Jay College, yeah. And John, did you consider that you grew up on the north side of Williamsburg or Greenpoint, or it's kind of in between? I, I, you know, I was born, you know, the divider at that time was was the uh, Kosciuszko Bridge, the BQA. So if you were on the other side of the BQA at that time, you mean this side of the BQA? No, on the Greenpoint side by McCarran Park, you consider Greenpoint. You weren't really considered. A, a true uh, Williamsburg. What was your zip code? One one two one one. Which is the same as here. However, oh, however, which is just used to the, be mine too. Just for the, just for the, what you know, when you, know, when you came to your friends. Oh, you live over there. It was, it was a very, it was always a very poor. It was a poor. Your side was poor. No, where I came from, uh, on like Farmer Street and, and Cross Street and Richardson Street. It was, it was, it was. It was considered, a, there were no stores, to so to speak. It was considered more of a, we have more of a melting pot. We had, around the corner, we had what they call the... Do you know what he means by melting like a bunch pot? Of different people? Yeah. There, there was a, a, what they called the flats. And the flats, at that time, was a row of houses, which is, they're, they're still there, some of them. Uh, it was across from the Richardson Street Fire Department. I knew that I ride my bike. Every and, time I ride my bike, right by it. Those were considered flats, and there it was all uh, Puerto Rican, and it was a very poor. It was, it was considered a poor, poorer. Anyone that was around there, because of the uh, Latino population, was by nature uh, considered poor. Including including family? people that lived there and just <laughs> happened to live there, but we would consider, oh, you live by the flats. Not in the flats, but you live around the corner from the flats. So, um, but but the grace that I had about that is I, I, I had a lot of Latino friends because we had to park. And, and, and at that time, we were, there was only sports. There was sports, school, and home, and that was it. There was no, there was no internet. There was no diversion. <laughs> there was no Twitter. There was nothing. There wasn't Pac-Man. There was right? no Pac-Man. Really? The, the, the TV shows no, were over at twelve o'clock. Until I was done with high school. Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah. Right. Four, four channels on the TV. Four channels. Me too. Four channels. Yeah. There was Everything no cable. Was, every, they, they saluted the flag every night at 12 o'clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then that was it. You hear, you, you see that thing. And <laughs> if you are not fortunate to have a transistor radio, 
and you could have you can found WNEW, you could have found one of the old time rock and roll stations. Can I ask a question? Were there gangs around when you were young? Um, yes, you there were. But you know what? They were they were they were dissipating then. There there were there this were. This was the sixties. The sixties gangs were 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 gone. Like the the older guys, the guys like the zip guns and the let's let's let, let, let's beat up the Puerto Ricans and let's go get the black guys out of the feast. Those guys were all, they were older than I was. My generation, we, we were not gang, we, we didn't, we, I never belonged to a gang in my life. So it was very different from, from the time now? Very different. Extraordinary. The, whole, the whole complexion of, of the neighborhood changed, demographics, the people, everything. You know, you knew your next door neighbor and, 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 and back then, and you knew everyone on the block. Everyone knew you. You knew who you went out with. You knew who you got in the car with. You knew everybody knew everybody's business. But that's just—it wasn't being nosy. It was just—you know—people just cared about each other back then. I think a little bit more. Right now, the, the, the people—they uh, look at economy. Everyone, everyone—you know—the economics were all the same back then. You know, all the men worked factory jobs, all the ladies were pretty much home and taking care of the children. If they did work, they did what they called housework or homework, work. they brought things in to do little... little I, I did, and you know, Susan, Susan who comes to bingo, she worked at Leviton. Leviton was a big, uh, big employer. Uh, one, very of, big. one of the few I've spoken to who was not a homemaker. Yeah. Who was Leviton? You want to t tell Daniel what Leviton was? Leviton is... Um, uh, a big factory on McGinnis Boulevard in, in uh, Greenpoint Avenue, and it made all electrical products, mm. mostly uh, light switches and all that nonsense. And it was a big employer of uh, the neighborhood people, as was Domino Sugar, mm. which was a big, um, a big employer of, of, of uh, as was Pfizer. A lot of people worked for Pfizer. Pharmaceutical company. It was the pharmaceutical company that moved down. But there was so many. There was so many little places. There was so. There was a big shoe company called Andrew Geller, which is on the corner. Somebody talked about this. Which is on the corner. Mostly women. My mom worked there. Didn't? Oh, you must have told me. Didn't that? Isn't that the same one that moved to like the twenties? They in the twenties. It's a very fancy. Very fancy at that time, but it was right. It's right on the corner of McCarran Park, right there, right on Larmer and Bayard. That's where they were, and uh, that my mom probably a Jewish company, right? Yeah, my mom, my godmother worked there. Or one, one of my mom's sisters worked there. It was, I think, it was, I think, it, it, a lot of the women. I think maybe because whatever work they did, I don't know what my mom did because I think I don't think I was born. I don't even remember my mom working. She was always home. How did you start working at the center? I started working at the center. Mm -hmm. How did you start? How did I start? Yeah. I, I was um, dating this girl, and she lived two twenty nine East of East Street, two twenty one, two eleven, two twenty nine, and um, this was an old. I, I yeah. Spain was a it was a Presbyterian church for years. This this was a very rich block. This was doctors, all doctors, really? all doctors, because it was tree lined. There back then, there weren't many tree lined uh, streets. Yeah. Ainsley Street. If you look at some of the trees, they're gorgeous old trees, and this mm -hmm. was a very 
there were dentists living on this block, doctors, a lot of doctors' offices, a lot of these. And anyway, getting back to when in that when there was a synagogue uh, to uh, is that the building where the church is now? That's that was a synagogue. This was the Presbyterian. Around the corner was the Baptist. And the, the kind that of the one behind church, us? That, that was still there. But the, the Presbyterians were losing ground in congregants, and they decided to uh, sell the property. And they erected this place, um, made it a daycare center and a senior center. Who, who built the building and how it, did it was, it was, it was built by a private developer that built several. <clears throat> and uh, they just, the ladies in the neighborhood had the... Uh, foresight and the wisdom and, and the guidance from uh, a legend in the neighborhood called Jan Peterson who, <laughs> who came who was here last who, who was came, here who came in, who came in a, from you Kansas Wisconsin uh, in a beat up orange Volkswagen Beetle right Beetle Volkswagen you know Beetle, Beetle is, right? Volkswagen, Volkswagen Beetle, Beetle. I know what and back then it was really strange for women to drive anyway most women did not drive, but she being very progressive and very brilliant woman. And she was about twenty something. She was, yeah. She, she was, yeah. But she, but she had such a vision for the women in the community and for the children. And she started with a storefront called Education Action Center, which is on Warner Street, and that was to get to the a lot of the younger people at that time. Most of my friends never went to school. They dropped out. Yeah, they never went to college. Did they, they finish high school? A lot of them didn't finish high school. So at that time, and there was and there was no such thing. People didn't know about GEDs back then. You just you know if you didn't want to go to school, as long as you fall, as long as you worked and and took care of yourself, and maybe brought something into the household, you Meaning considered okay. Money. Yeah, you you were considered okay. So if you went to work with dad in the paint store, you were considered all right. Or with Uncle Joe in the in the vegetable store, or whatever. You consider it's good. You consider it okay. So, but Jan, Jan, I think Jan realized that it was not okay. That or uh, hey, maybe, that maybe there was a better. A little, there was a little better. bit of something. So she pushed education, uh, and it flourished. We're gonna hopefully. I talked to Jan. She came in. It flourished. And we're gonna try to go talk to her. And she, she interviewed me for this position, and they didn't want me because I didn't know anyone. As not as the director. Though. No, as the case at the CETA program, Comprehensive Employment and Training Act, and how signed by Jim, Jimmy Con Jimmy Carter, President Carter. President Carter. Um, I think it was Carter. Anyway. Yeah, I think it was. I think either Ford. I was in my twenties. Forty years ago. Yeah, I was in my twenties, and um, I was going to college. And she said, you're going to school? And I said, yeah, I'm going to school. And she said, prove it. Where's your school? And I, and I told her, and she knew. But you know, Jan had Where was John Jay? John Jay at that time was in, it was in the police academy on, on 23rd Street. 23rd and 3rd. Because, you know, That's where I took in, my classes. it moved to, you know, it's on, it's on 10th yeah, well, Avenue. I moved it. I worked in the library. I had, the, I, I had a friend of mine who uh, hooked me up with, in the library, which was a really great job to have in college. Because you got all your textbooks, you had all your all your private time at home, wow. which was good for me because my I lived with my grandmother, and I had I didn't have my own room, so to work in the library. Where did you sleep? I slept with my sister. We had we shared a room. Wow. <coughs> we shared a room. I, I slept in the same room with my sister until the day I got married. 
Yes. Not wow. in the same bed, but in the same room. Wow. We shared, That's we shared a room. Pretty, wow. That was by necessity. My grandmother had a room. My mother and father had a room. My sister and I were in a dining room and a kitchen in the backyard. That was my house. It was a house or an apartment? Apartment. You call it a house. I guess that was my apartment. Go ahead. Mm. Nothing else? I was, in, I was like thinking of a question right now. Did you see yourself like being the director here? <laughs> no, I never did. I never aspired to be the director of the senior center. I never, I never thought I would come back to work here. Upon my, upon my departure, they cut a cake and they let and, I, and they said goodbye to me. I remember. How long did you work here the first time? I was from 70, 74 to eighty six. I went, I went from here, from literally from here, to uh, Center Street to the parole, the first parole class. One day to the next. And that's the state. State New York, New York State Division of Parole. And that's and I was and I was uh, going for well, training. I was in training, the very extensive training I had with the division. I had to uh, spend time in Albany. I had I was up uh, up in Albany for two weeks. I had to go back up to Albany for a physical. I mean, you really had to be vetted. And and none of and none of my none of none of the people there had any law enforcement background. And we were considered Including older. Including you, you didn't have. And no, I didn't have any. No, I wasn't John Jay, but I, I graduated with a, with a degree in criminal justice, but I never had any real professional law enforcement. You have to show. And they liked that. Really? Yeah, they didn't want. They didn't want. They wanted. They wanted social workers who wanted to learn law enforcement. They didn't want law enforcement officers who wanted to learn. Was it unusual, John, for social workers to be men in those days? Because I usually think of social workers the as women. The agency when I started was predominantly. Uh, Jewish and male, yes. And they were mostly trained as social workers. They were trained as social workers, background as social workers. It was a very, very good job, very, very highly esteemed job at that time. And can you talk a little bit about? Well, we're going to show we're going to show Daniel a picture of you back in those days. Cause we have okay. a picture floating around here, right? Of you? Yeah, I think so. It's on the board. Yeah. Or somewhere. Um, what made you? Because were you ever full-time here, or were you always part-time? I was full-time here. I was hired full-time by, by Jan under the CETA program. In the I beginning? I was paid $8,000 a year. I thought I made a lot of money. I thought I was a millionaire. <laughs> $8,000 a year. I did. And then when the CETA program left, and it was, they, they kept me. And CETA was a federal program? CETA was a federal program. Right. It was a training thing. And they kept me. And Concierge Street found money to keep me as a case aide. And then the director left. The, uh, no, the director. Yeah, the director left Antilly, who uh, was the director here for forty, for thirty-five years, at least thirty-five years. Uh, became the director, and the social worker um, left, and they offered me the social work position. That wasn't the guy who. That was James Lapola. Oh no, that wasn't the guy who came in here and you said this. No, 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 no. Okay. He was a, he was a deviant. He was one of, he was one of the neighborhood miscreants. <laughs> That photo that that took all my things off the wall Your diploma. and laminated them and, and my degrees and everything. Really? Yeah, because I had and put his my, name on them, right? And he put his name on them. <laughs> and he put his name on them. And I went to and I went to the president here and I said, "Well, you know, what are you going to do?" This was always this was always a very fascinating place oh, yeah. to work. <laughs> Does that surprise it you, Daniel? 
It was always the. It, it really was, and, and that's what always struck me about it. Um, that you will never meet, and I and I and I work with the division. I've worked a lot, and in any place like this, <laughs> and the people that 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 come here, and and the services that we render here, it's very important. It may seem minuscule in the terms of the, the entire planet, but what the, the effect that we've had on people's lives here is very profound. And the community here very profound. Which is, I think, why the good Lord is keeping us open, because I don't think the mission really here is completed. Um, but that's just my feeling. But, it's, but it was the characters that came in and out of here, I could write a book just on this, without bringing it to my parole history, which is completely different. Just, just working here and the characters that worked here. And, and, and I remember when I first worked here, I went home. I was still living at home, and I went home, and I said, Mom, I said, how was your day? I said, I, I, said, I, said, I seen two old people kissing. And she said, what? I said, yeah, I went down the hallway. And I went down the stairs, they were in the back stairway, and they were kissing, like, passionately. <laughs> and, and, and I watched, I'm like, and I'm like wow, this is like... And, 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 and I watched for two reasons. One, because I never, I mean, grandpas and grandpas, you know. Were we, you looking we, through the window? No, I, I was down the stairs, I was going down the stairs. They were on the bottom landing, I was on the top. And they didn't stop when they heard my footsteps. Uh. Either. <laughs> and, and, and I just froze there for a second, and I was looking at them. And, and, and for two reasons. One, I'd never seen anyone passionately like that. And two, they were both married, but not to each other. Oh. And I knew, and I knew that the ah. wife was here and the husband was here. Uh, so I, mean, I all the, the, all the spouses all, yeah, were but here. They, yeah, it was Bob Cattle, Ted and Alice thing. You know, like one of those, <laughs> a, one of those, do you know that movie? One of those, one of those, one of those deals. <laughs> wow, this is heavy stuff. <laughs> and 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 it, 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 it just blew me away. That story I never heard. I don't think from you. Yeah, that's something that I don't remember. And you weren't married yet, right? No, I went home to my mom. I told my mom. My mom was laughing. She said, well, there's nothing. I said, well, Mom, they want you. She said, well, what are you going to do? You know, did they get caught? I said, no, I went away. <laughs> she says, you ran away. I said, I went back up the stairs. Were you dating Donna at that time? Uh, yeah, because that's how I got, that's how I how came. You got it. Yeah, once I started dating Donna, we, we continued our monogamous relationship pretty much until today. How did you meet her? How did you meet her? I was wondering the same question. I, 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 I'm not sure. Um, oh, she wouldn't want to hear you say that. <laughs> no, there were a lot of girls that used to come around, and we had a social club on Havermeyer Street and uh, Metropolitan Avenue. Can you explain to Daniel what a social club? A social would club. Be? Back then, there were a lot of social clubs. That's where guys rented rented like a storefront, mm -hmm. put a jukebox in, put a couple of couches and uh, just have a place to go. But it wasn't open to the public like a bar no, or a restaurant? No, it was open to it was like a members only thing. Like it wasn't, it, yeah. It was, it was. Not like a dancing club? No, not really Private dancing. Club. Yeah, like a club. Like a yeah, club. I like to go and play cards. Yeah. Back then, clubs were different. There really were no place for us to go, other than, other than like church, 
There was no yeah. Studio 54 quite yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, there was no, there was no place, there was no place. I don't know who this keeps calling me. It's not Gwen, is it? But, um, there were a lot of these little social clubs that went around. And that one was rented from some noted mafioso. I was just going to say, probably the mafioso. Mafioso guy. Right? And he gave us the room. He said, because we were, kept our nose clean. Back then it was a big thing, keep your nose clean. Um, which, which, uh, meant no drugs, mm -hmm. no gambling, nothing. You play cards, but nothing. They didn't, they didn't want any problem with the police, you know. So the mafia kind of so kept them in check. Yeah, they kept, they kept, they said, you can rent here because you know you're good guys. You go to the pool room, you'll date. You could have, you could have the jukebox, you could have little barbecues and parties, and bring your girlfriends in, you know. And uh, as long as we didn't want any police cars coming here, we don't want any marijuana, any, back then marijuana was really starting to uh, become Not popular. heroin yet, was it? No, nah, not heroin, it was mostly marijuana because of the Latino population on the south side, which was very strong back then. It was mostly Puerto Rican, then it went to Dominican, and then Operation Pressure Point came, took all the people from the east side, pushed them over the bridge. Oh, you uh, mean on the lower, lower east side? Lower east side, pushed them over the bridge. And then all the drugs started coming here, big time. That's when you got most of the heroin and all that other stuff. They had a lot of Orchard Street became a lot of hand-to-hand dealing -hand outside the cars and all that nonsense. And then Operation Pressure Point, I remember, because they started to push all the, all the uh, drug addicts over here. That's when the neighbors started to get with um, drugs with a lot of robberies and things like that. So it was kind of, the 70s was, was rough here. When did you and Donna see? So how long after you married Donna did you? I'm sorry. How long after you met Donna did you get married? Nine eight nine eight nine eight. September eighth was our was our first date. But I I I, I don't remember. I remember. I remember the date. Yeah. Most guys usually don't. Nine eight nine eight something or other. <laughs> but it was but it was September eighth. I remember. Because that was always like a little anniversary that we shared. When we, you know. We got engaged with Martin Luther King January, and I remember we got married. I mean, was it like six it months? It was Columbus Day. No, it was a while. It was Columbus Day, uh, 1974, I was married. You were married in 1974. So you feel that like you met her maybe in the early 70s? No, before that, I think. No, the early 70s, yeah, because I, I'm, I'm older than she is. I'm a little older than she is. And when did you move to Queens? I moved to Queens because uh, I was a parole officer. I was making I was making a lot more money. And you had a pension. That was the other reason. And I had, well, that's why I left, left here because yeah. that's the vision I had. I said I can't become a person that comes to me for assistance because they're only living on Social Security. <laughs> and and that's most of the people that I had as, as um, clients when I was when I was a social worker. And I said, "Wow, I'm here. I'm here a good time, and I, and I need to get get something going here." State pension, meaning yeah, because I kept turning. I, I I kept I turned down a million jobs. Really? Yeah, I turned I turned down a job with customs. Believe it or not. You did tell me that. Yeah, the federal entrance federal entrance exam <clears throat> I took. Back in the day, you could have taken one test for everything. It's called the federal entrance exam, and you take it. It's like a big thing. Like taking the bar water. exam or and something, I got big, right? big reward. I probably went there. I probably high. <laughs> what? 
Well, <laughs> I went there and I took the test, and and lo and behold, they called me from the customs. They called, and I was home, living with my mother. And my mother says, "You got a crank call." I said, I got a crank call. She says, "Yeah, the government wants you to do something wrong." I said, "No, mom, I, I took that test, remember?" And she said, "Well, this guy gave his name. He said he's from customs." I said, "Mom, I never left the block." Why would anybody want me from customs? I never left the country. You know that. She said, no, I know. But did you what? apply to customs? No, I took the test. And then they, based upon your grade, they, they called you. They contact you. They called the you. The agencies. Yeah, they called Absolutely. you. And I told them no. And I said, no, I don't, I don't want to. Do you want to stand at yeah, I, I mean, the airport? I mean, yeah, you could work here in, in hindsight. You could have had a job anywhere, anywhere you know. United States at that time and the guy called me back again so I'm, I'm not going to take no for an answer <laughs> and I say I said really he says think about it he says think about it he says I'm not going to take no for an answer he said speak to someone you know and and and, and, and we're going to send you some things in the mail and I still said no <laughs> but I said no because I had to be here I had, I had to, and maybe I wouldn't have stayed with Donna. Maybe I wouldn't have met Donna. I don't know if I was dating Donna at the time. Mm, so I don't, I don't think my life would have changed. I don't think I was dating Donna at that time. Wow. So I think my life would have changed, and not possibly for the better. <laughs> so I mean, everyone thought I was nuts when I told them that they called me, my people and my family, you know, I just wasn't, something told me you're not ready to do that. And I, and I asked him, I said, what are you going to do? He said, well, at the beginning you'll be transporting aliens back and forth, Ooh, illegals no. back and forth to jail, and, and but we're, then we'll look at you, it sounds like too much scrutiny for me. Back then I had long hair. I was, I was, I was like enjoying my freedom. Did you yeah. ponytail? Yeah, I was having long hair, I was in a rock band. So I was, I was different. believe that, Daniel? Really? Yeah, I was different back then. You know, not bad, mm -hmm. but it's just, you know, I, I, I was different. Did uh, you want to be like Nirvana? No, my Nirvana came, that's grunge. I was, with, I, I was into the Beatles. Beatles. I was into the Beatles, yeah. yeah. I like the Beatles. Yeah, when you sure. Everyone liked the Beatles my age. If you didn't, you... John Lennon. Yeah. yeah. I met John Lennon once in the really? park. What? Where? Are you serious? Yeah, he used to come in. At that time, McCann Park was uh, noted for its uh, on Bayard Street. Yeah, <laughs> did you good, see what good I did? weed. Well, because it came, it came from the Latinos had the best pot. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Friends of mine had they had the best, and there was nothing sprayed the good on thing it. Thing that we're beyond was, the statute of limitations, it was right, Chad? Well, I mean, <laughs> they can take my urine now. I'm going to find it in Advil. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far as I go now. But back then, it was, it was people came from all over, literally. Yeah. You got the because they came, it came from there. There was really no Mexicans. There was really not that you know transfusion of immigrants coming mm -hmm. here. So it was just it came from Puerto Rico. It came here. You know there was no customs. Grandma brought it up in a in a in a in a, in a hat box, whatever she brought up, and you know and. There was no scrutiny, and my friends used to say, "Grandma's coming," and I remember that meant tonight I'll be I'll be weighing the pot. And we'll, <laughs> we'll be doing, when Grandma's coming, because Grandma they never stopped her. <laughs> How much did they charge you for it? They, a nickel bag. Yeah, that's, that's where nickel bag, that's where nickel bag came from, right? Came from. All right.
and it was only five dollars. They didn't they didn't sell uh, like the roller the, ro the joints. The they joints? didn't sell really? joints. No, they didn't sell. You had a roll, you know. Roseanne has to listen to it. We're recording. John's telling me, no, it didn't come in. He's telling us a lot of really cool stories about nickel bags and stuff. Roseanne's my age. A little younger than me. Now, she is younger than me. Yeah. You want to order On anything? Tape. Oh, it's still running? Yeah, it's, it's still running. running. You want to oh. order anything? What do you mean? From here? I just want to let you know that I called Mary because I needed to know a limit for press. And she said we could order your refrigerator through here because she doesn't know what happened to the original order. It shouldn't be more than two hundred dollars. So that's the question. They have counter height, or they have smaller. No, I wanted a, a smaller. The smaller. I think one. counter height is too much. I, I don't. You think so? It's just for little things. Smaller to me is better because then it's a, you, you don't want to start holding too many different things. Exactly. No, it's really just for little. Things. And also, um, we have a request. <laughs> And it'd be good for the seniors, too, uh, for um, the thing that makes um, smoothies and forsties. The ninja. Margaret, Margaret could use a small one. You mean the Cuisinart mini chopper? There's something easy that's yeah. small for her. You yes. Know, so that's what she likes. Yeah, that's the best So if you want to order that for her. Okay. But something for the smoothies, obviously, at least something bigger. Yeah, that's bigger. Yeah. But Do we need a blender? No. And I Marie got a blender said, in there. Okay, Marie said we need some sort of hand mixer. Do we? That's not a bad idea. I don't know. Do we have one? I didn't see it. I don't. Well, a lot of stuff got thrown away. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean okay. order it. I mean, I, I don't see one. Okay. But it's something that you really, really. Okay, really good. All right. Luckily, this is going to be edited, so no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to edit it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this Let's first. Let's just finish this, yeah. Is that Anne-Marie? Anne Anne That's Anne-Marie, yeah. Hi, Anne. Oh. I, I still got my P.O. senses that somebody's sneaking up on me. Yeah, I'm sorry to bother you, boss. We need the containers for the, not the tops, but the bottoms. Right there behind the door, Annie. Open the door. Pull it towards you. Pull it towards you, the door. And that's a girl. And take what you need. <clears throat> No, honey, right here. Isn't this it right here, John? No, right here, Annie. And, and honey, right here, right here, right here. It's next oh. to you. You can take it from there, Annie. You got those fine. You got those fine. It's oh, okay, okay. the same difference. Oh, the good thing I have was. It's the same, it's the same thing. I gotta close the oh, this is a bill. Okay. Uh, so, John, I would love to hear you talk about a couple more things and then maybe I'll let you based on Arky my dope. leads. Um, so. You were, you were talking about when you moved to Queens. So you, you got married in what year? 70? 74. Year of our Lord, 1974. Yes. Where did you get married? My wife's church, which was, which was St. Francis, right up the block. Is that, isn't St. Francis now somewhere else? Or is mm -hmm. it? No, it's right here. It's on Ainsley? Mm -hmm. I always thought St. Francis was on... No, it's right here. Oh, okay. Right here. Right on uh, Wood Point. And Humboldt. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's not on this block. No, not. Yeah, yeah, Woodpoint and Humboldt. And then you had your son, John, John uh, Jr. 9889. 89? You were married for 15 years before you had your Donna son? Donna said, it's time, baby. And I said, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 15 years is a long time. We went everywhere. We traveled. 
Really? Yeah. Where'd you go? Wherever. I went everywhere but Europe. You didn't go to Europe? No, I didn't want. We never really wanted to go to Europe, but all all across the Mediterranean, the United States, we went. Uh, all of the islands. Went to Hawaii. I went to Maui. Did you go to South America? No, I may have. Maybe some of the islands there. You know, she, she did all the booking, and I just I just showed up. Whatever she wanted to go, whatever she was interested in. And did she grow up here her whole life also? She's an only child. Yeah. She's, she's an only child yeah, she's too. An only child, yeah. Oh, but you're—I keep thinking you were, but you're not. I have a sister. And then, but your son is an only child. My son is an only child. Did not know that Donna, your wife, was an only child. Yeah. Interesting. So am I. Yeah, I know. I also wanted to hear you talk about. I know we're our time is clicking, but the Giglio. Can you tell Daniel a little the bit? Giglio, about the Giglio. I started. I I lifted the Giglio. Of course, it's a. Mon- can you tell them about a little bit about the festival and then? It's how- a feast. It's a feast of Our Lady Mount Carmel, originated in Nola. You lift, you lift. Nola, Italy. Nola, right? Italy. Mm-hmm. You lift. Uh, the Giglio is another word for a lily. It's supposed to be a lily. That's really? what it means. And they presented this lily to San Paulino, who is the patron saint of Nola. And they presented this lily to um, San Paulino. And to recognize that date, they lift, they lift the uh, Giglio, which is supposed to be a lily. And, uh, but it's a huge wooden statue. It's a huge wooden statue. At that time, it was wooden. It was made of wooden. There was wooden poles. Uh, the boat, there was a boat, which is what uh, whoever, San Paulino, came from wherever. Exile. He was exiled and he came back to Nola on this boat. And they carry the boat in recognition of him coming back. And the big, the big return is when you carry the Giglio. Which is a, a, a straight, a horizontal, and the boat is more of a vertical, vertical horizontal. Yeah, and then they meet, and they would meet, and there would be confetti. Back then, it was a tremendous event. I remember, I remember uh, being really, literally thousands of people in the street when we used to do it, and uh, it was really funny because. Um, when when you're younger, they don't let you lift. They call you have to be on the rope gang. The rope gang were children, young people had the hat and the thing and everything. But you hold the ropes, keep the crowd back. Oh. And they literally had all these guys. And then when you're bigger, which is I got bigger, God, and I, and I became a, I was a lifter. And then I found out why there was always puddles in the street when the geo moved. Right. Because the men used to go in and urinate. Because they could, <laughs> they, could they, had, they, had, they had hundreds of pounds on their shoulders. <laughs> and, and it was hot, and all you do was drinking water, and, and all the vendors are giving you beer. Because at that time they had all the beer traps, and the vendors are giving you beer to get what you What do you drunk. mean beer traps? The beer trap was a place, it was a metal structure where they used to sell beer. And they would have the tap beer. And the vendors, when the Jill came by, the vendor would have all the beers and give it to all the lifters. Because it was really, it was hot. You know, the poles were heavy. And they weren't padded back then. Oh, they weren't padded? They weren't padded. Because it was supposed to be a penance. It was supposed to be a penance that the, really? everybody, look at my scar. Everybody was like, hey, look at my, I'm bleeding. You're bleeding. You're holier than I am. Because it was, I never you did heard more of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um,. I did it. I did it until the uh, Ujio ran me over, and I was run over. I was uh, lifting, and at that time, it was the first year 
that they didn't take the palanza, which is called all the men that lift, and give them lunch in Our Lady McConnell gym, like a pasta carb thing. And they said, no, you have to go home and eat. We're not feeding you anymore. But we're going to take, we're going to take, we had to take a lunch break. Because by that time, you're so drunk from the morning, your morning parade, and by, by 3 o'clock, you're dancing, you're still a really long thing. And you're drunk, and you need something to eat. So you had to go have pasta, and a lot of guys never came back. So that first day, the Ujia was there, and there weren't no people to bring it back. Which is a problem. You can't leave a thing in the middle of the street. Meaning mean, that's when the time they sent them home. To yeah. Eat, rather than feeding rather them. Rather than feeding them. So a lot of guys got pissed off and didn't come back. So at that time, we had to recruit people to help us carry the structure wow. back. Because you can't. And they, did, and they, they didn't have practice. Because you guys would no, practice you for to, years, you right? Have, you have to walk a certain way. Because if you don't walk, you trip. When you walk, you're, it's, a, it's a long pole. Five people on a pole. So, so two people walk with their legs open. The one in front of you walks with his legs closed, normal gait, so you don't trip each other. And then, defer, and then uh, until the end, and that's how you, that's how you maintain a steady gait. And that's all what the captains tell you. That's why you need captains to tell you what what they want on their lift. If they want it swayed, if they want it bounced, if they want it turned. If they want too much, you give them the finger. You tell them we're not doing all this nonsense. It's hot. We're tired. You know, because there's usually somebody that wants everything, <laughs> and everybody's like, nah. You know, and they're like, no, we're not going to do it. And what about the musicians who sit? On they top? sit up on top. They're usually the fattest people in the neighborhood. <laughs> give them another sauce of sandwich. Give Tony one other sauce of sandwich. <laughs> They really were. They were the heaviest guys on the. But they were the band. All they did was sit and play and eat, drink and eat, get fat. <laughs> Daniel, what else? That's Can it. you Think of anything else you'd like to ask John? About his family or his life in the neighborhood, or what made him? How about how about what made you come back, John, to the center? I always I always kept my ties here because my family always came here. My grandfather loved this place. My my aunts my. Uh, uh, my grandfather, when he passed, was on his way here. Yeah, he, he passed away in the house, but he was wow. getting ready to come here. So this has, you know, my... Like Tilly, right? Yeah, Tilly was the same way. Um, it, it was just a place to uh, to come. When you're a field parole officer, you need a place to stop. You need a safe haven out of the community where you work. And where did you work? I worked uh, Brooklyn North, which is uh, Coney Island... Brooklyn uh, North? That's Brooklyn North is Coney Island? Yeah, Brooklyn North or Brooklyn South or whatever it is, Brooklyn South. And I forget. Okay. It was Coney, it was long, all along the coast, Bay Ridge, Coney Island, Flatbush, um, Sunset Park, Red Hook. And when you become a PO, they give you the, every, every parole will transfer you the worst case that they have on their caseload. And that's your doctrination. So you're stuck with 40 mad men and mad women. <laughs> And and most of them were in buildings where no one wants to go. Um, Red Hook was bad. Red Hook was very bad. bad. They, so shot, they shot a principal there. I remember the day, that. Like the day, the day before like that. I was there, I was there. They shot a principal. We were complaining about the gangs. It was really about that time that was gang. He was just walking by. I remember. And, and he was a very beloved very person. Very beloved person, yeah. I know people that I went to his services when they had them. Because I used to stop in the schools. 
Um, Red Hook was bad. Coney Island was bad. Uh, Flatbush was very bad. The Rastafarians, which I never... They were bad? They were, they were heavy pot smokers, and I couldn't understand them. And they were hard <laughs> to mom, search. They were hard to search. Really? Yeah, because they used to hide razor blades <laughs> in their hair. Uh, <laughs> and you had to go through their long hair with the... With their dreadlocks? Yeah, I never seen dreadlocks before. They won't search <laughs> I remember the first guy called me a blood clot. You rise clot, blood clot. And I went back and I said, Donald, he's calling me a blood clot. Donald was your Donald was partner. my partner. My partner for 21 years. Problem. No, it's all right. You can tell us. Slide into that. Beans. You don't have beans? You have no red beans. Oh, black beans or the Spanish. Did you have black beans? Those only three carrots and the pigeon peas one carrot. Do they have anything upstairs? <laughs> Excellent if they have. If not, we go to the store. That's, so Daniel, what do you think of all those stories that John stories. just told? I met Donald when he fell asleep on my shoulder in training. <laughs> he was he was Rivers, I was P. We were paramilitary. So we went by we went by name and I was powering him and he was Rivers and he came from child welfare and he was exhausted. He used to do removals from uh, case what, What's his background? What's his ethnic background? He, Donald is black, southern. Um, wow. A small place called um, yeah, Mayberry RFD. <laughs> it was a small little place in, in North Carolina. That was a TV show, Mayberry. Yeah, yeah. We became very close. We worked together, uh, thick and thin, bites and all kinds of weather, all kinds of problems. You rely on your partner. And uh, to this day, we're very close. He's like a brother to me. Uh, I used to watch his children, two little beautiful little twin boys. I remember the first time I took them to McDonald's. They were calling the police on me because I had these two little boys on Two boys. black boys on me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and in those days, you didn't see mixed race have, people. You know, especially in a white neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> you mean here in this neighborhood? No, no, in Flushing. But uh, yeah, no. He's, my son and his son, my son and Donald had the same birthday, September the eighth. Your wait, you were married on? Oh no, your first date was on September eighth, and your son. My son was born. Born on my, September. 8th. Well, September. No, my first. No, I would no, I think I'm a day off. September seventh was my first date, and I was sitting in the car with Donald. I said, "Damn, if I would have, I would have one more day. You know, I would have been born. It would have been born on our first anniversary." He says. But this is my birthday. Your son is born on my birthday. I swear to goodness, I shouldn't get off this chair. So That's what he said. Virgo. He's, he's a, Virgo. a Virgo. My son is a Virgo. They're very much alike. Donald, and this is why my son and I get along so good. Because I got along so good with Donald. Where did you take on um, Donna, is it? Donald? Donald. No, your, your wife. When you yeah. first met, what did you take on her first date? Where did I take him on her first date? I don't... I, I, think, I think on our first date, we took a walk. Uh, we went to the pool room, and of course, women didn't go into pool rooms back then. So I had to find something else 70s, to do with that. Wow. And we walked around McCarran Park. We walked by Automotive High School. We were going to go to there was, a, yeah. there was an there was an ice cream parlor back then called Van Dolan's. Called, called Van Dolan's, and I was going to we were going to go there for ice cream. And I think when we got, by the time we got there, it was closed, and then we just walked around. So that was my first date, was a walking date. 
It was really, we didn't really, I didn't spend any money, it was very cheap. I probably had no money to spend anyway, uh, nor did she expect me to. Were you still in college at that time? Yeah. Because you were in college when you got the job here, right? I, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was still in college, yeah. So she kind of initiated you over into this neighborhood on this side of the tracks? Yeah. Or yeah. You usually hung out over by the other side? Uh, I, you know, back, back then, yeah, I hung out on the other side, pretty much, on by Annunciation. Uh, Annunciation is that church that's on Havemeyer, where it meets, oh, yes, where it yes. meets Metropolitan. Fifth and Metropolitan. That was that was a uh, highly um, Lithuanian church. We were just talking about you know who we were talking when I interviewed Teresa and her crowd over mm -hmm. at that table. She you were here that day it was Monday. She was talking about Annunciation. We went there to meet beautiful uh, Lithuanian girls. That's which, what which, she was exactly which were blonde what she hair. Said. They have blonde hair. Oh, because yeah. everybody Italian is dark. Dark hair, Latinos, dark hair. Everybody had dark hair. Your mother, your sister, your grandmother. <laughs> well, she was gray. And then you see this, like watching TV. You're like, whoa, <laughs> they're blonde people here. And they're pretty. And, and they're nice. But their English is a little. Uh, but they were, that's when you went on. That's what Teresa told me a story where somebody brought home a Lithuanian girl. Forget who she said it was, maybe. And they said, "You're not." You know, no, the end of this relationship. Italians, the Italian parents would not accept the Lithuanian. Italian parents wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't accept uh, anything back then. My family was very was very I was very fortunate because of uh, the uh, Puerto Ricans uh, friends that I have weren't always there. Some of them were dark, mm -hmm. which is, you know, no, it was always normal for me. So if I brought home a dark friend, my mother was only too glad to, to meet him so she could interrogate him on um, where he where, where he lived so if she couldn't find me, she would go to his house. But your parents were okay with you hanging oh, out with... Oh, my father had black friends. My father had a friend called Luther, before Luther Vandross, and he was a big guy. You heard of Luther Vandross? Was it was it was an R and B singer, and my friends. And I remember Luther as I was a kid growing up. My father brought him home. My father was an alcoholic, and we had problems all through life. But he he was he was a he was a um, quiet alcoholic. He wasn't uh, a belligerent. Uh, yeah, no, he wasn't. You know, he would come home. He would he would he would drink and go to sleep. But he was open to he was open to. Uh, to uh, friends, and, and, and he had this one friend, Luther, who was not an alcoholic, they worked together, by the way, he used to bring her home for dinner, and he would come, and so I, rem I remember growing up, I never knew color, I never thought anything, I, I the only thing I was, had a problem with was Chinese people, when I went to, when I went to, when I went, not a problem, but I didn't really understand, I didn't really know how to take them, you know, I know how to take, I know how to take a, a Latino, a black, a, even Hasidim, even even the Jews, because we used to play basketball. We used to play basketball together. With the Hasidim? Not the Hasidim, the the, the, not, not the Hasidim, maybe more the Orthodox. We would play basketball with them. Where did you play basketball? On Lee Avenue. There was a basketball course. And you and and we would go there on Saturday, because we knew they couldn't play. They couldn't play on Saturday, yeah. No, they couldn't play, but in the summer they could play at night. Ah, that's Sunday, after sundown, right? So they could play, and they would come out, and we had the court. And we would play them. Did you 
drive or did you no, walk we or did walked. you ride bicycles? I, never, I, never, I was never allowed to have a bicycle. My mother, you couldn't have a bicycle. My mother, my mother told me you will die on a bike. You will bike. <laughs> you. I don't want to see you. Yeah, I don't want to see you. You. You are forbidden to have a bike. Was the metro, the MTA, was that on? Yeah, there were. It was. It was. There was. Uh, Subways. Subway. There was buses. Were there streetcars when you were a kid? There were electric they buses. They had electric buses. They had buses on Armour Street, which were connected to. Uh, like in. Electric, like in San Francisco. Like in San Francisco. And I Did they go on those rails? They on were the on street? a rail. And I remember. Those were streetcars. Old streetcars. Street streetcars. Street and I remember when the guy, when the thing, they stepped away for people to come with the pole. Fix it. Back up. Yeah. Yeah, I was a kid. Think of anything, uh, John. You've told us so much amazing stuff. Yeah. So we're done. <laughs> I only started. You only started. Oh, no, you want to do more? I'm always, no, well, I, I, can I, you think I, of anything else, Daniel? You'd like to ask yeah. John before we? We've... Did you go to the city? My first baseball game was um, uh, my uncle. Once again, my father. We didn't do too much together. But sleep under the same roof. Um, my uncle took me and my. Cousin John Pelly, who was about five John Pelly. <laughs> Everybody's named John Pelly. My, my cousin John Pelly. It's like Jose Garcia, right? Yeah, yeah. John. Say John, everybody put him down. And he took me to the polo grounds. The old polo grounds to see to see the Met, the first Met game. Polo grounds is in the upper. Upper. East. I don't remember where it was. I know it was a huge. I think it was, in, it was close to the Bronx. You could have seen I think it, something so. Like that. Yeah, I gotta look there. it up. It, there's, a, there's a housing project on it. That now. was my first baseball game. Then I went to, uh, then they took me to uh, Shea Stadium. By that time, I was able to go by myself because me and my friends, we you know, used to go. Back then, it was cheap. You could have gotten like milk containers and got like five of them and got to a Met game. Sitting, sitting like the bleachers, but you got into a Met game and you seen a Met game. And uh, you were allowed to bring food in, so you could have made us some no uh, meatball sandwich from your house wow. or whatever. And you could have went there, and you could have sat there. And if, was, if you were lucky, you seen the double header, which was two games for the price of one. You stayed there from ten o'clock in the morning until the game was over. And, and you're a Yankees fan. That's what I'm you're a wearing fan. a Yankees like, I jersey. Up, I grew up. Yeah, I, I grew up with a Mickey Mantle fan. He was my. He was my. Uh, I thought Mickey Mantle was a Dodger. He was, a, he was a famous Yankee number seven. Oh, he was a Yankee. Yeah, Sorry about that. My That's father, okay. may he rest in peace, yeah. was very upset yeah, because my father fan. was first a Dodgers fan. My father was Well, the Dodgers, Dodgers fans became Met fans. Not my father. No, because that was he a National League. He became a Yankee. League. The Yankees were always the American League. So the Yankees were always good. The old Brooklyn Dodgers and the old New York Giants were, you know, were uh, National League teams. The Yankees were always the better of the bunch, but they were in the American League. And when the Dodgers left, and uh, the Mets became like the Giants left, so the Mets became the only National League team. So a lot of those Dodger fans and Giant fans became Mets fans. Yankee fans never deviated because the Yankees never left, and they did nothing but win. So people people hated Yankee fans because they. You know. So did you do other stuff in Manhattan? Yeah, I love Manhattan. I used to get my hair cut in a place called. Uh, Don used to make fun of me. Don, in the village. He's in the had, village? In the village. He had like a little throne thing that he was like a special <laughs> hair cutter. <laughs> I said, Paul McGregor. It was a place where you probably never heard of it. It's before your time. But it was a place called Paul McGregor. I moved to the village in 83. So. And, he, and he had a little card and it just had like a hair thing. Like it was just a head with hair on it. 
And I walked by and I said, I want to get my hair cut. And he said to me, you next? And, and everybody says, Paul. And I like, we're all talking. He was like, Paul McGregor. He was like, Paul, no, you don't want him. You don't want him. He's, you know, he's going to see, you know, whatever, like Lou over there. Lou's going to cut his hair. And Paul said, no, he's coming with me. I'm cutting his hair. And he cut my hair. And he said, every time you come here, I cut your hair. And, and all the girls, of course, of course. And all the girls, of course, of course. And, <laughs> you know, that worked there. They were like, of course, of course. You know, they all want to, you know. And I'm like, well, thank you. Who are you? So I'm, I'm, see the card? That's me. I'm like, great. I said, but he had a throne, so I knew it was important. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have, like, a chair. He had, like, a throne. Wow. And, 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 and Donna, Donna, to this day, makes, makes fun of me when I went there. Like, I would go there. I had the nerve to go there. Like, a guy from Brooklyn. I would know to go to Paul McGregor and his hair cut. And it was nothing special about it. His hair. And Come what on about in. Your son? What's up? Where are we? Where's our party? Okay, we're going to. You forgot that party? No, we're interviewing. No cheetree, no potato. Oh, no potato. Wait, let's go. Okay. I guess we had. No, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to come out. We're going to come out. So. How does your son, well, so you moved from this neighborhood, you and Donna moved eventually to Kew Gardens Hills. We moved where I am, we bought it, which eventually became a cooperative apartment, so I got a beautiful little home with a garden, which Donna loves to tend to, and I also. And, uh, and your son? Happily ever after. How did your son, son used to come back here and visit his grandparents? Uh, yes, my son, my son, my, Donna's mom. My, I lost my mom when she was 47 years old. So, uh, and then there was problems with my father because he remarried, started another family. He lived upstate, right? He moved upstate. He yeah. moved to he moved to Florida, mm -hmm. and then my sister moved upstate. There was problems between me and my sister, so it really came it really became problematic. All because my father, you know, pretty much said, you know, I was, you know, on my own, and he accepted that. And I guess his new wife didn't want to be part of me, so. And I, as long as he was happy, I was happy. But you're real close with your son, right? Oh, my son, I'm extra close to, yeah, because I knew I had no relationship with my father. I did everything with my son. I did coach Little League. I did everything I had to do. I never missed. Beauty of being a parole officer, you could have did a lot during the day. You could have, you had a lot of freedom. There was no clock. Really? Your clock was 24 wow. hours. You know, wow. I, you just signed a statement. The secretary would come, John, you got to sign your pay. Okay. And you just sign your name. I, I hereby declare works 37 and a half hours, whatever. You just signed it. And she gave it to Albany and it gave you a check. Wow. But that's, that, was, that was so. I did everything with my son. I did every open school day, every parent teacher conference, every show he did, everything he, every, every move he made, I, had, I, I was there for. Because I was a PR. I had a lot of latitude with my cases. As long as you're. When a parole officer, if you have 40 cases that are doing right, you don't have to worry. If you have 40 cases that are out there raping and pillaging, <laughs> they're looking for the parole officer. <laughs> the first call is, where's the parole officer? And I, and I, when I got that first call, and I said, what's this? They said, this is the job. When I got those 40 cases... So you kept you guys in line, so you could spend time yeah, with your son. I, I kept him in line, number one, because it was easier for me. Number two, it was, it was, uh, he's better for them. If you want to reoffend, I told them, reoffend quickly, and and I don't want a newspaper. And if I feel you're going to, about to, I'm locking you up. Just so we can wrap this up and we can go to the party, just tell us quickly about when you came back from Tilly 
you came. Tilly asked you to come back here. I retired. How many years, she, she how many years were you at the on the? I was 22 years as a parole officer, and I retired on a pension. And uh, I came here until. But you didn't want to stop working. No, I, I, I did want to stop working. For parole? Yeah, I did want to stop working. Mm -hmm. I did want to stop working altogether. You did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then the, what got you to come back here yeah, and drive I, yourself I, crazy? I, I, it's just, it's just, it just pulled, <laughs> it pulled you in. She said, come, come part-time. I said, oh, I'll come part-time. And I came part-time. And what, you were the assistant director at that time? And she said, I'm going to make you the assistant director. Good. Am I getting any more money? Oh, she I have said big no. shoes to fill. And she said no. And then, and she's a very smart woman. And I'll tell you why. When she started to get sicker, she said, You're going to be my boss. I'm going to be the assistant director. Uh, and you'll be the director. But I'll still tell you what to do. And I said, That's no, and I said to her, That's why you made me the assistant director. Because you didn't want to be a peon when you, when you knew we were going to switch titles. You wanted to be the assistant director. You still wanted the title. She laughed at me. And she says, you're right. She knew you would respect her. I, oh, I, 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 when I came in, into my office as the director, I had to sit, I, I had to sit on the side. <laughs> so Tilly was sitting Tilly in, was sitting here. So, oh, Lucille here, was sitting at my desk. She sat here until the day she... So you two sat like that, John? Yeah. No, I had, an, I had my office where Roseanne was. Oh, okay, because Roseanne but was... Anytime I had to do anything like directorial, which required me to be here, I had to sit at the end of the table. And you had the same desk, right? This is her desk. Which you're getting a new one, I think, tomorrow. Ah, right? uh, yeah, that's going to be another trip. Because this, this, this desk could talk. It's been 40 years of well, That's quite, I think, confession. I think you told us quite mm -hmm. a... You all right? Can you, can you just tell Where is this going now? This is the Brooklyn Public Library? Yeah, t just tell John quickly, how did you feel about what he told you? It was really interesting. Like, something like, I know you didn't hear like, every part of your life, but like, you walked me through it. Yeah, because I'm an old man, and every part of my life would have taken more than 20 minutes. <laughs> it's hard to condense your life into 20 minutes. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that I did say, and there's a lot that, you know, is boring probably too. But I didn't really get into the neighborhood as much. There's more flavor with the neighborhood that, that well, I know We'll about. catch you another time for that. And stores and, you know, the way, I, the way I, I miss my neighborhood. And I miss the direction this time. I felt it's, uh, there were happier times. And, and I think every generation says that because all the generation, every old person says, don't get old. Don't, you know, my times were better. This is The times were simpler. Their times were very simple. These, these times, I think, it's, it's, everything is very bad. You used to have 300 people a day here, right? <coughs> 300 people a day. Two lunch seatings. No socialization, no problems. All the staff was. Um, everybody was Italian, right? Everyone, everyone was Italian. And I came. Donald in. broke the color barrier when I got him a job. He was the first Black American. Donald, your partner worked here. Yeah, I got him a job. And I remember I said to John, I said, I said, I got to take off Rosh Hashanah. What do I do? Because I don't know. We never had a Jewish staff member before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you may be the first. Uh, a Jewish person. No, I think I am. And the first question they asked me, the seniors, I told you this, they said, are you Catholic? And I went. Yeah. They're singing everyone, happy birthday. Everyone was Roman Catholic. Everyone was happy. Thank you, John, so You're very much. welcome. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. This was wonderful. You did a good job.